Hey, everybody. And today with me, I have Kelly Ruda. And Kelly, welcome, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on board. And I just want to share a couple of things about you with our listeners. So Kelly Ruda is a former clinical psychotherapist of two decades who evolved to become a sought-after breakthrough strategist in the entrepreneurial world. Kelly helps women elevate into the 1% by disrupting themselves to create a powerful identity that matches the business outcomes they desire. Kelly believes that women are being called to rise and lead like never before in modern history, and entrepreneurs are perfectly positioned to create a massive healing impact on the planet when we create abundance and success. Kelly seeks to positively impact thousands of women worldwide by teaching them to create strategic personal mastery so they are confident, brave, and in command as they scale their businesses to seven figures and beyond. Kelly is a hardcover introvert, Starbucks addict, full-on Scorpio, and lover of all things beach. While she isn't working, Kelly is hanging with her ride-or-die besties or her husband and two sons, often on a baseball field, but as often as possible with a good book, a martini, and her toes in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I actually yes. am an introvert too. <laughs> And those last couple of things, hard to do during coronavirus outbreak, by the way. So not super happy about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, um, I know I've met you at ProfitCon. Um, yes. And I was, I connected to you instantly because of your main idea of this limitless mindset. And mm -hmm. um, I was wondering, what does someone have to have a trait or whatever um, in order to start a business or run a business? Is there something specific that you work with mostly women? Is there something specific that a woman has to have um, or develop in order to be successful in business? You know, I've done a lot of podcast interviews at this point, and I have to say no one has ever asked me that question before. And it's an excellent question because I think there is uh, a myth, a mindset myth in that question that is really worth addressing. Um, and it's this, you don't have to necessarily have a hard personality trait. I have seen every kind of woman with every adjective you could think of, uh, enter the entrepreneurial world and be successful. I think what you have to be willing to do is develop a certain set of skills in how you bring yourself to your business and develop yourself over time, the same way you would develop your business building skills. So there has to be desire, there has to be commitment, there has to be resilience that is built over time because your business is going to hand you your backside multiple times um, and you have to be able to get back up and keep going. But I wouldn't say that there are necessarily traits. I would say that there are um, strengths and skills that we have to build, internal strengths and skills that we have to build over time so that we don't burn out. And so that we don't find ourselves in a situation where we're constantly thinking, I can either be, do, or have this, or 
I can be a successful entrepreneur. So one of the things I hear quite often is I can either be a good mom or I can be a successful business owner. I can either be a good um, Christian or spiritual, you know, woman, or I can be wealthy. And we don't want to be in these mindsets of or. We want to be in a mindset of and. And that is going to require us to constantly be working on ourselves. So I hope that speaks to your question. Yeah, uh, it does. And it's just, I want to understand kind of, you know, a lot of people have have a question or say sometimes, oh, I don't have what it takes. You know, I'm not really a business person. I don't have the acumen or whatever um, to start something. But secretly somewhere, they're hoping that maybe they do, that maybe they they're, they were meant to start something. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, one or the other. It could be both. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What I What I like to tell people what I like to tell women is this, uh, whether you believe in God, the universe source, whatever, whatever your language is, you know, you were given an idea, a desire, a nudge, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, a, a vision about this, this business that you're either starting or you're thinking of starting. And we aren't given these desires and these ideas and these nudges as some sort of cosmic joke. It's, you know, you're not given a desire with no way to, you know, bring it to fruition. So the universe isn't sitting back going, I'm going to give her this fantastic idea that lights her up and gets her really excited and then watch her fall on her face because there's no way for her to do it. So I think sometimes we have to be reminded of that, right? So... So is it true that not everybody is is really aligned with being an entrepreneur or a business owner? Yes, that's absolutely true. But if you have that deep desire and you have an idea and it and it fires you up and gets you excited and it also frightens you, you're normal and it's worth exploring. It's worth, you know, really going deep and looking at why you would want to do that and and what you deeply desire. What, any of the work that I do with my clients, we start with desire uh, because if you build a business based on what you think somebody else uh, says you should do or why somebody else says you should do it or what your parents told you you should or shouldn't be doing, you're building a business for somebody else and not for yourself. And if you cut yourself out of the equation, the business will be built on a very faulty uh, foundation. And so I think it's really important to bring it back to yourself and honor if you really feel this strong nudge to go in that direction and explore it, honor it and explore it and, and take a look at it and don't buy into, you know, the shoulds. I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> there are things we should do. We should pay our taxes. We should, you know, there are lots of shoulds we, you know, that are, that are accurate and applicable, but, but when it comes to pursuing your dreams, like get rid of that word altogether. It's interesting. You, you actually brought up an interesting point about the universe or, you know, whatever it is giving you an idea or the desire or whatever. I kind of think of it as a muse maybe, or, mm -hmm. 
whatever, that's something that's knocking on your door. And if you don't open, um, it's going to probably leave and go knock on someone else's door. <laughs> sure. <Do> you <laughs> sure. And if you've read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, that's exactly what she says about creativity and creative ideas, that it'll come to you. And then if you choose not to respond, it's, it will go to somebody who is willing to respond. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, I mean, now you work mostly with women, but I'm assuming that you've worked with men before as well. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So I worked with men uh, in my psychotherapy practice mm -hmm. and I have worked with men privately in this coaching business, but now I primarily run a group program and that is uh, all women. And do you find, uh, I mean, in your experience, do you find that women have more of the mindset blocks uh, compared to men? Or do you find that it's harder for women to kind of let go of certain blocks and certain ors or shoulds or whatever? Mm. I don't know if more is the right word or different is the right word. What I will mm -hmm. say is the reason I focus primarily on working with women is that women have received very different cultural messages about power and visibility and money and success than men have. And so we have different challenges. And obviously, depending on your um, culture, your religion, your race, your where you grew up in the world, you know, those messages are all slightly different, but for all women, they are different than what men have been told. And, you know, research fleshes this out that even on the playground, girls get different messages about taking risks than boys do. And if you cannot tolerate risk, you're not going to be a very successful entrepreneur because it is you're going to have to take risks all the time. And when you tell little girls, you know, don't go on the, whatever the, the monkey bars because you might fall down and, and bleed and boys are told, go do it and fall down and bleed. And that's a badge of honor and get up and do it again and get up and do it again. Then we internalize these fears. We internalize uh, falling down. We internalize not doing it perfectly. We internalize a fear of, you know, bleeding literally or figuratively. And those things all have to be undone, unlearned, overcome, replaced. Because if you're going to run a business, you are going to fail and you should, you should, because it's a learning opportunity. But I think women have different fears and beliefs about those things than men do because of the way we were taught from very young. Interesting. Um, I definitely, um, I have both um, a girl and a boy and I definitely am extremely cautious Yeah. <laughs> and don't want them to break something or whatever. But I actually feel like I tell them both the same thing. Like don't go there and break something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. And, and keep in mind, even if at home you encourage risk, say, for example, you know, you tell them both be, be um, mindful about the risks you're taking, right? That's, that's a good thing to teach kids. We don't want them just running out in the street. But 
remember, even if you're teaching that, they're going out into school, into the community, into the world at large, and they're getting lots of mixed messages about this. And your son is probably getting different messages than your daughter. And that's what research shows us. So even at home, if we're saying we encourage you to fail and fall and get up, and you're saying that equally to your daughter and to your son, the world is not saying that equally to your daughter and to your son. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I'm just curious, you talked a little, you mentioned something that really made me think. You said, well, we are, when you start a business or, or you are in business, be ready to take a risk and to fail. But I feel like a lot of, especially moms, and I speak, you know, from experience and I also speak from kind of hanging out with other moms and, and I feel like that's what moms are afraid of most. I mean, yes. it's, like failing and maybe losing money, failing while failing at, at something at, at a business venture, which is why maybe they don't start. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to kind of overcome that fear or? You know, I, th- I think what we have to be sort of careful of is thinking that we have to overcome a fear before we take action. And that comes from this big sort of movement, I think, online of being fearless. And I I really take issue with that movement. I understand the intention behind it, that we don't, you know, be fearless means don't let fear stop you. But I think what a lot of women have heard is I have to get rid of my fears before I can get into action. And that is actually quite harmful because your confidence does not grow as the, the, result of waiting. Your confidence grows because you take action and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And you survive both, right? And then you get up and you learn from what you did well and you repeat that and you learn from what didn't go well and you learn to pivot and innovate and be creative in response to what didn't go well. The problem I see with women is that we internalize the failures. And instead of saying, well, that didn't work very well, we say, I am a failure. And that is the problem. When you internalize something and make it a character, you know, flaw, Mm -hmm. then how, where, how do you go forward from there? How do you go forward when you have decided I am a, as a human being, am a failure? You've backed yourself into a corner. But when you say I give myself permission as a business owner, as a mother, as a woman to fail and to learn from that failure, then you literally are unstoppable. You are unstoppable because look, nobody enjoys failing. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Every time I do it, I'm not like, oh yay, that was, that was a fantastic experience. But when we have a team meeting to deconstruct why something didn't work, we go into it with the assumption that in the failure, there is a golden nugget every single time. That is a belief I hold. It is a belief I teach my clients to hold that every time you mess something up, that happened for you, not to you. 
And so if you will look at it through the mindset of in every failure, there is an opportunity for me to serve better, to deliver better, to be more efficient, more effective, more whatever the word is, then you literally, you cannot be stopped because every failure will be a bridge to your next success. And so that's the thing where I think we have to just be as, as women. And, and if this resonates for some men too, but where we as people have to be really careful is this idea that we have to ditch all our fears before we get into action. That is actually going to make you more scared. And that fear at some point will become paralyzing. Yeah. And there is nothing, I think when it comes to the business world, there is nothing more tragic than, than having your dream sort of die inside of you before you ever even had the opportunity to express it. Like you killed it before it came out. And that fear of failure, which is tied to perfectionism as well, it is what does that. It does, does women in all the time. So, I mean, I understand that through doing it, through actually getting into a business, you can slowly overcome it, right? I mean, even thinking about it makes me a little scared. Like it it just does something to me, like even talking about it, you know, kind of does something internally to me, like, ooh, that sounds scary. (laughs) It is scary, but, and it's okay. Like we have to be able to say it's okay for it to be scary and I'm doing it anyway. Because your desire and your dream and your mission and your vision and your passion, you have to do the work to make that bigger than your fear. But your fear gets to come along for the ride. It just goes in the back seat. I mean, this is something I work on with my clients all the time. You're so used to the fear being the driver in your car, your bus, your boat, <laughs> however you picture it. Uh, it it's, we just have to move it from the driver's seat to the back seat with the seatbelt on and the volume turned down. Like you can come along for the ride, but you are not allowed to be the GPS on this business journey. Thank you. No. Uh, but we don't have to get rid of it altogether. And you might not ever get rid of it altogether. So why bother wrestling with that as an end? You know, it's, it comes with me everywhere. Everything I do, I'm afraid all the time, all the time. But my, I I have built up enough confidence because I keep doing and I keep falling down and I keep getting back up that I realize, oh, fear has no power over me, no power, but it's there. I feel it. It comes with me everywhere. And that's, that's kind of what I was impressed by in your presentation at that uh, conference that we met at, I was just, um, I never thought of it this way. It's mm. not letting the fear, whatever the, whatever fear it is, whether it's, you know, physical fear or a fear of failure or whatever it is, right. just not letting it be in the driver's seat is actually pretty mind blowing. I think. It's so simple and yet so powerful. I joke with my clients all the time. I said, if you signed up for rocket science, that's not what you're going to get. You (laughs) like, I don't teach that. But what I do, what I teach is simple, but it's not easy. And there is a difference, right? That's why people can know better, but not necessarily do better. Because we can learn all of these things and have ahas and breakthroughs and mindset shifts and reframes, and they are a powerful jumping off point. But if you don't do the work 
to kind of match the rest of uh, what's inside of you with that, you'll never change your behavior. So, it, you know, intellectually understanding something is not enough to change your behavior, but it's a really great place to start. Having that aha, having that, gosh, I never thought about it that way. And that makes me feel a certain way. You know, that's a great place to start. That's actually was going to be my next question. How do you, how does someone listening to us talking here today, like can know where to even begin with this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. So the, the first thing to start with, whether you're working with a coach or not, is creating some space to, you know, however you do it. Some people draw, some people do it through prayer, meditation, some people write in their journal, like whatever is your way. You know, some people take long, hot showers and that's their best thinking time, right? But, but time to really go in, and this is something that I am still floored to this day, at the number of women who come into my program and say to me, uh, I've never even stopped to ask myself this or to think about it um, because I've been conditioned to ask everybody else about their feelings and what they want and show up and nurture everybody else. I never even stopped to get clear for myself, uh, but really sit down and get clear about what is it you want. What do you deeply desire? And, and understanding that as far as human beings go and human psychology goes, we want what we want because of how we believe we will feel when we have it or when we're being it or doing it. And so it's important to not just make this sort of a cognitive thinking exercise, but that we get really clear about what we want to feel more of. You know, so in my business, I want to feel passionate and on fire and abundant and free and very connected to women across the globe. And I want to feel like I, at the end of the day, I have left the people whose paths I've crossed, I've left them in a better situation than how I found them. And you have to do the work to be really clear about that. And most women don't take the time to even stop and think, how do I want to feel as a result of running this business? You know, and how do I want to feel as a mom? How do I want to feel as a wife or partner? How do I want to feel just as a human being walking the planet, you know? And if we can't slow down enough to get clear about that, how on earth are we going to build a business? Because if you don't, you're building that for somebody else. And yes, build it and make money. I want you to make lots of money. Go for it. Because right now, in the United States at least, the number of female-owned businesses that are past the seven-figure mark is at 1.7%, small businesses, so 20 employees or less. And that's why I say I want to help you know, elevate women into that 1%. I don't want it to be 1.7% anymore. But you have to know what you deeply, deeply desire. Um, and that is where you start. And from there, hire a coach. Hire a coach who knows what he or she is doing. Not just a coach who's going to help you have the, because this is a big, again, myth <clears throat> and disservice in the coaching industry that mindset 
coaching is just about creating those ahas, just doing that conscious level work where you go, oh, I never thought about it that way. Or I, you know, that's a new paradigm for me or a new perception for me. That's great. But that's step like 1A. (laughs) And I think most people think that's what mindset is. It's not. I can promise you. If if that's what your coaching, you know, experience has been, you have officially gone through elementary school and that is awesome. And I'm (laughs) glad you did it, but you've got to go to high school and college and grad school. And that's how I look at the work I'm doing in the world is elevating the, the industry because it's not just about having ahas. Because when you leave somebody with an aha, but no skills to take that deeper and turn it into behavior change, in other words, who am I being as a CEO, as a business owner? What is my identity? You know, if you're, you know, making decisions every day as a hundred thousand dollar business owner, but what you really desire is to be a $10 million business owner, you're never going to get there. And you need somebody to teach you how to change that. So that's really the next step is do your due diligence and really research a coach before you hire them to do this work because it's deep, it's uncomfortable, it is transformational, it's also joyful and amazing, you know, when the transformations happen. But the coach has to be able to safely guide you into yourself into these deep parts of yourself, your subconscious mind, your um, emotions, your ego, all, all the things, and also has to understand how the brain works so you can change your habits and then safely guide you back out. You know, they can't guide you into your all your stuff and then leave you there and say, yeah, good luck with that. I know it's super uncomfortable. It's painful. It's messy. Have at it. You know, that's unfortunately, um, there are a lot of people in the coaching world who not, are not intentionally doing that at all, but just don't know better. So do your, do your due diligence and do research. It's actually simple, but so powerful. Yeah. My yeah. mind's it, totally blown. It is really simple. And most of the, the most powerful things are really simple. They're just not easy. And the, the human mind loves to overcomplicate things. Oh my gosh. If we could just add 76 steps and, you know, overcomplicate everything and get caught up in the analysis of everything, then we don't actually have to ever do anything. And that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. So I, I like to keep things as, as simple as possible with the you know, understanding that when you do get into action, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It, it People are complicated. We're complex and we're messy and change is messy. And you've got to be able to say like, I'm here for the messy, whether it's in parenting or it's in building a business or we've got to get out of the perfectionism and into the action and also giving ourselves permission to allow it to be messy. You don't have to rocket ship from zero to seven figures in a week. It doesn't work like that. And I've only known a couple of people who who did that. They went from zero to a million dollars in under a year and it all collapsed. All of it collapsed. 
So you've, you've got to be able to say like, this is a 10 year or 15 or 20 or whatever, whatever it takes. But what I'm not willing to do is, you know, die with that song inside of me. And I wish I could give credit to the person who said that first, but I can't remember and don't know who it is. But that concept of dying with your song inside of you, that to me is tragic. I'd rather you, you, you know, do all of the things, fall flat on your face and pancake it, which I've done multiple times, by the way, you know, and as Brene Brown says, you know, if you're not in the ring, getting your, your backside handed to you every day, I'm not real interested in what you have to say. And that's, that's what it takes. You've got to get in the ring and it's, we're allowed to be imperfect. Oh my gosh, ladies, can we please let go of all the perfectionism? <laughs> it's such nonsense and we're not contributing and we are not being of service in the world if we are so caught up in being perfect. It's a story. It's an ego illusion. It's a cultural message that has to be unlearned, uh, especially for white women. And we've just got to stop and we need to get into action. So uh, just to kind of, I mean, this has been amazing. I mean, I love your programs. I've, I mean, we're friends on Facebook. I've been following your, um, your developments and programs and, and teachings, and I've been just mind blown. Um, and just to kind of, I wanted to wrap up by asking you, what's the one thing that people, people listening to us um, can start with today? Like, what's the one thing that they can do to make everything else kind of easier going mm -hmm. forward? Yeah, it's, I'm going to go back to the concept I shared before, which again, simple, but not, you're not going to do overnight, but you can do a little bit every day. And that is identify what you're afraid of, identify your desire, passion, mission, vision, you know, that whole conglomer conglomeration and make deposits in that bank account every day. Because when your passion and your dream and your vision Think of a scale, right? The fears on one side and your passion, vision, desires are on another side. Keep dropping little nuggets so that the scale finally tips so that the passion is even just slightly heavier, bigger, more powerful than the fear. Because when you do that, then you can get into, really get into some serious action. So it's not that the fear disappears, it's still there, but your passion or your vision or your desire or your mission outweighs the fear. And then you feel empowered to move forward and take the next steps, whether it's, you know, read a book, follow somebody online and start learning from them, go through their free content, then, you know, hire them and go deeper and do the work. Um, I think that is the best gift you can give yourself because if not, the fear will paralyze you. It will hold you back. And the more you pay attention to your fear, the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets because our attention and focus, it's one of our most powerful innate gifts and we have the ability to direct it. So, so for example, you, you're going to have fearful thoughts come up, but how much are you going to pay attention to them? You know, they're like toddlers. Our fears are like toddlers. You know, I think my boys are 16 and 13, but I remember very clearly, and I'm sure you're not shocked to hear that I have boys with very strong personalities. And, you know, when they were two and three and four, there was a lot of head banging on the kitchen floor to get what they wanted and they didn't get what they wanted. 
And, you know, that's, it's a short period of time where we're like panicking. You know, I had these visions of my kids leaving their brain matter on the kitchen floor because I wouldn't give in. (laughs) And really what I had to choose in that moment as a mother was not the three-year-old, but the 33-year-old man that I was investing in my boys becoming. And if I caved to that fear every time, what kind of 33-year-old man would they be? And I'm not interested in contributing more men that just consume and demand and make themselves the center of the world. So I had to hold that fear and walk away from them in the hopes that they weren't going to leave their brain matter on the floor. (laughs) And it always came to an end. It always came to an end. Once they realized, oh my gosh, mom is not having this. You know, and I had to do it many times until it became something they just understood. It's the same way with our own fears and our own ego and business. It's going to keep at you until it, your ego learns, oh, she's not going to play that game anymore. She's not going to listen to the, these fears and internal temper tantrums anymore because she is so focused on where she's going and who she's going to help and who she's going to become and the abundance and success she's going to create that she's not really listening to us anymore. So I hope that's a, I hope that's a comparison that your listeners can grasp onto because my gosh, if you've had toddlers, you know what I'm talking about. Well, your ego and your fears are the same as your toddlers. So treat them accordingly. That's, that's very powerful. Kelly, I can't thank you enough for coming, for agreeing to come on my podcast and sharing the simple but powerful um, truth. Um, And I just can't thank you enough. Um, And if um, anyone who's listening, if you want to find Kelly and learn more about what she does and her programs, go to kellyruta.com. It's kellyruta.com and you can learn more and connect with with her. Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was really an honor being here. And I just appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation and to connect with your listeners. So thank you. Thanks so much.